Hello and welcome to another great Friday afternoon. I'm Dan Van Zalen. This is Speaking For Him with your host, Andrew Gomez. Hello, Dan. It's great to be with you. And uh, we're here again with an, yet another movie review. Um, and uh, I really I was moved by this film and I actually just went through, uh, I had watched it a while back and so I went through some parts of it uh, earlier this week to do some review work um, because I really think uh, this is an important uh, movie, especially for our times because, you know, things like racism and, you know, everything being uh, insensitive and how anything, me, me, anything, that's, anything that's remotely politically incorrect people get bent out of shape but i i think it was a really good reminder this film was about what real racism is all about and mm -hmm. uh we'll get in to that um as we move forward in this review but before we go many, much further can you give us um our quote of the day for sure something else mr ron the work miss deb is doing is very important She's becoming precious to God. When you become precious to God, you become important to Satan. Same kind, different as me. All right, and this is a quote by Denver, who is the one of the main characters in the film, the man that these, this married couple uh, befriends. And so we will get into a discussion about this film. But let's listen to a trailer for Same Kind of Different as Me. I had another dream last night. Was it a good one, or was it about me? It was about a poor wise man who changes the city. And I saw his face. Man, am I glad you guys showed up. Debbie, I got a sales call at 6.30. I got to drop off contracts north of town. No, you don't. Any infectious diseases floating around this place I should know about? <laughs> Martin told me about your friend. If you don't tell Debbie, I will. We've been married 19 years. We don't share the same life. We don't share anything. You can leave. You choose. Hey! We have to talk to him. That's a man from my dream. What's your name? You don't need to know my name. Well, I'd like to know your name. Tell your woman to stop bothering me. You'd be doing me a big favor to just be nicer. You want to be my friend? Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to have to think about that. Where are you from? After my dad, the man put me up in a little shack. He didn't tell me that I could earn some money and maybe even some respect. You're befriending some homeless man. You lost your mind. They're looking for handouts instead of using their hands for work. It's heavy and figure out why you want to know me. Done some bad things. You're not a bad man. And I'm glad we're friends. It's very sexy what you did today. Hanging out with a homeless guy. How was it? Actually, it was kind of amazing. Some things you need to know about Miss Debbie. She's the only person to love you enough not to give up. I love you, Ronnie Ray. Whether we is rich or poor, we is all homeless. Just working our way back home. Denver changed everything. Our lives together would never be as beautiful. Someone else's stubborn name. I, along
along with most of the other members, have a problem with you bringing your friend around. You can tell him that yourself. He's standing right there. <laughs> All right. And so that is the trailer for Same Kind of Different as Me. And as you can kind of tell, one of the main themes is um, kind of not racism, but also uh, mixing of social classes because the gentleman um, starts out, this gentleman is rich. He has everything you could ever want, beautiful wife, great children, but you realize shortly into the film that things are not all what they seem. Uh, he has a rough marriage. Um, he has had an affair, and he finally tells his wife about it because um, – because one of his friends says, you know, if you don't tell her, I will. So he's left to having to deal with that. And um, as a result, he and his wife, on their journey of reconciliation, begin working with the homeless. And then they befriend Denver, who they get to know a little bit more and more as time goes on. So that being a synopsis of the film, uh, do you have questions as we continue to discuss this sure what are some positives about this movie well positively i think the fact that it was based on our true story is neat and it was a kind of a i think kind of a best-selling book at least within christian circles so they decided um to make a film about it and i and it wasn't just made by a Christian film company. It was made by a pretty major film company. Paramount Pictures. With some pretty major um, actors, uh, mm -hmm. including Renee Zellweger, who you heard in the trailer as the as the wife in the film. And uh, mm -hmm. the characters that we're talking about today are um, Ron Hall and his wife, Debbie. So they're the main characters. And... Renee Zellweger plays Debbie. So that gets it off to a really good start. Um, and so just a, a really a well-produced picture, high-quality production value, and a really powerful story, which we will continue to discuss going forward here. All right, then. Now for the flip side of the equation. What are the negatives? Um. I I think uh, the negatives are um, I a lot of times people say that you can you can um, share a Christian message without being overly preaching, and I appreciate that to a certain extent. But I guess um, as a preacher myself, I kind of look for the home run ball as far as <laughs> sharing the gospel. So I feel like the gospel could have been a little clearer in the film. And how it's the gospel that changes lives and not just the way we treat people. Although it is definitely true that the way we treat people does change their lives. Um, it's it's also true that the gospel should be the driving force behind anything we do for other people. So I would say, you know, I wish that it had been a little bit more clear on that score. Well, and also the way we treat people it says a lot about how we view the world. If you are a Christian, you tend to treat people much better than if you are like a complete atheist or someone who's all about the money. Oh, absolutely. And also to be fair to the writers, 
Um, a lot of times I've seen this because I like to visit forums where people you know are practicing their writing. A lot of times you'll have writers and they'll write something and people are like, well, what's this all about? You're way too subtle. And then the writer will post back later, I thought I was being so obvious. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so when I see films like this and then I hear criticism like yours where people are saying, oh, this is too subtle or was it showing through or not, I kind of wonder to myself if they thought perhaps they were being too obvious. Well, and I, I definitely um, wonder about that myself, you know. But that that does make me wonder. I think I've, I said this when I reviewed um, when I reviewed Soul Surfer, or at least I was talking about it in the context of another discussion. I was like, as great a movie as Soul Surfer was, um, how great would it have been if if um, like the Kendrick brothers had produced it? Because they they emphasize the mm-hmm. faith side of things. And I know that they are committed to producing their own original content, but sometimes I wonder um, if how great it would be if they produced someone else's story, a true story, with yes. their same commitment to the faith values. Yep. And also to be fair to Paramount Pictures, Hollywood today is very hostile towards Christians. And so if they emphasize that anymore, it could be that someone would have choked it to death. Well, that that is true as well, but um, I, I thought it was um, uh, f- a fairly decent film given those parameters. So. Yes, and and being unable to have seen it myself as of yet, just seeing that trailer makes me think that perhaps some of the major companies will be more open nowadays to uh, more Christian themed films. And it's nice to see a large company go for uh, a kind of a feel good sort of film where here's the problem, here's how we're resolving it, and it works out well, versus their, let's just shoot everything and blow everything up. It is true. It's very true. So, on to our next question. Who is your favorite character? Uh, My favorite character in this film, um, and I know it kind of deviates from what I typically do, which is I I pick a side character because I don't want to to talk about the main characters, but I really like the character of Denver um, because I really feel like as things develop and as you hear more of his story, then you realize all that he's been through. I mean, there's a scene in there, just to name one, where he has a he has a really good friend who's a white kid when he uh-huh. was when he was a kid, and his kid is like, "Hey, you want to see the cool robe that my dad wears?" And he actually takes him in and shows him a clan robe. And neither of them really understand what it's about. So yep. they just decide to both put on clan robes. And <laughs> and the kid's mother actually finds them and chases them out of chases him away and chases them out of the barn. And it's and it wasn't till later that he realized what that meant. Uh-huh. And of course it made him bitter, it made him uh, angry and uh, he kind of unloads at one point and says, "You don't realize how how uh, bad of a person I am because he's talking about some of the things in his past and the way that he reacted to hostility uh-huh. or, or to to the way that he was treated and and you know they basically convey to him that they weren't perfect either, which is which is very true. I mean they." had struggled in their own marriage before they met him. And so, so 
I just like the fact that it was too imperfect, too. It was an imperfect couple and another imperfect guy coming together to help each other despite their flaws. Yep. And to be honest, the one of the end scenes for the trailer where he's up in front of the church saying, we're all homeless people working to get home. Um, I really, honestly, that's a great scene, but I just really enjoy his accent because it makes you stop and actually listen to him, you know? Well, I, I think that that's true. I think the actor really did a good job of, of – conveying a right rough life that this this person had lived and like i've lived this rough life but now i have peace and so Mm -hmm. there's much to be much to be thankful for and of course in the beginning of the movie where uh ron says or he asks ron you want be my friend and he nods yeah i'm gonna have to think about that (laughs) well you know the context of that statement actually brings up a good point because he talked about how in his experience um, – and I don't think he was necessarily just talking about white and black. I think he was more talking about homeless versus not. or poor versus rich. He was saying a lot of times they play catch and release, which is I want to be your friend. I want to help you, but only kind of on a limited time basis. Yep. And then once I don't have time for it anymore, I let you go. So he's like, I don't want to be like the fish that you catch – and then release. If if you want to be my friend, I want to be your friend for good. You know, I want to be really be your friend. Yeah. And so that was the context of of that statement. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting when you when you plunge its depths when you really flush it out. Yep. So then to the flip side of that question, who is your least favorite character? Okay, my least favorite character, I don't know the name of, and maybe it's a group of characters, but it's, there's a, there's a scene that's alluded to in the trailer where he takes Denver to a country club and, um, they tell him to, to take his Negro best friend (laughs) away from the country club, you know, and, um, because they're, they're racist basically. They, they don't want anything to do with having, black people in the country club and it's really sad that that is the case i think because i don't i mean i don't think it's a you know extremely modern movie but it's not that long ago either i think it's even after the 60s it looked like it started somewhere in the 60s and then ended up in the 70s or 80s or something like that i don't know exactly what the timetable was all i know is any way that it's put it's sad you know you look through the history of this country and as great as it has and you know, Reagan called it the shining city on a hill. We have a lot to be proud of, but there's also a lot that we can be ashamed of. I mean, I'm watching a, a period um, Western uh-huh. and um, it highlights over and over again the way we push the Indians um, off their land. And you'd like to believe that they just wrote a lot of that drama for the series. But no, if you look in history, oh. we did that. We, we gave them disease-ridden blankets just to kill them off. We made black people slaves. Um, and, of course, black people weren't the only slaves. We, we literally worked to, get to death but, the iron or the Irish and the Chinese when we made railroads. But we, we definitely we, – we did these things, these atrocities, and we shouldn't forget that we did them because we, we shouldn't repeat them. But at the same time, we can't hang out in the past either. And no. so I think that there's a balancing act there. Um, but I just, I just like how, uh, 
once this guy got over himself, uh, Ron, he was able to not only be a good husband to his wife, Debbie, but he was also able then by extension to reach out to people like Denver who really needed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's significant too that he didn't, I mean, his for his initial reaction was, well, I want to write a check. Yeah. And she's like, no, you need to roll up your sleeves and actually do something here. And I just, I was moved by that very much. Mm -hmm. So then what do you think is the biggest lesson you took away from the film? I think the biggest lesson is everybody has their struggles. Nobody's perfect. You know, Denver probably looked at it as he's a rich guy. I'm a poor guy. I had all this stuff in my past. I'm not a very great guy. He's a pretty good guy, but he's giving me time. And... Ron was able to see, hey, I'm not that much different than he is. Because mm-hmm. even though I had this privilege, I still uh, was selfish. I still went my own way. I still did foolish things because I had this affair. Mm-hmm. And I did these crazy things at the expense of my family. And, um, you know, it's not something that he was proud of. But um, like I said, they worked with each other through their flaws. Mm-hmm. So then, how would you rate this film? One difference to five difference. I am going to give this film a solid four out of five. And um, I really hope that people will go and see it. Or not go and see it. It's not in theaters right now. But <laughs> no, it's a 2017 movie. Uh, um, as of this recording, it's on Netflix. So take the time to watch it um, tonight if it still is. If it's not... Um, we will, po- we will post a link where you can uh, purchase the DVD and make sure that that's available to you. Right. Uh, I think that's about all I have for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will say have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 